Hi and welcome to French Football Weekly and we're back for another pod with the restart of French football. I'm joined by Jeremy Smith. Hi Jez. Hi, how are you doing? And Richard Allen. Hi Rich. Good evening. As we're going to look at three competitions and a bit of transfer business that have kicked off 2017. So we started the year with the Coupe de France uh, round of 64, uh, then moved on to Coupe de la Ligue uh, quarterfinals uh, for midweek round before Ligue 1 kicked off last weekend. So, after game 20, we have a new leader of Ligue 1 on goal difference. It's Monaco after they put four past Marseille in a 4-1 win at the Vell, while Nice drew 0-0 at home with Metz. So, what's that added to the title race? Yes. Um, I think it's it's kind of a perfect start to the to the second half of the season. Um, Monaco look <laughs> as as good as ever. I mean, they had a, a shaky game before the break, but they've got back to their to exactly an average of three goals a game, which after twenty matches is just obscene. And um, I was, at, to be honest, I was a bit surprised to see that Marseille had only conceded one goal at home all season until uh, until Sunday night and now suddenly it's five goals at home all season um, they're just Monaco just seem rampant and they're, they're kind of like they're a bit like the sort of great Australian cricket team where they've got so many match winners that if a couple have an off day it doesn't even matter because you know this week Bernardo Silva was the man of the match um, before that you know or during the match, Lamar scored you know, contender for goal of the season. Falcao's there to, to with a you know top class strikers finish. There's just all through the team. There's there's total quality. And then and for Nice, um, I mean they're having a bit of bat. Well, some of it is in force with Balhanda and Balotelli sending off, but um, a bit of bad luck as well with Seri out on on can duty. Um, now base is out. And someone else is out for six uh, weeks. Ricardo Pereira is out. That's it, Pereira. Who was he playing? Kind of up front against. Mets That's what day. confused me when I, when I saw their listing. They had it as a four four two, but with the two guys who would normally play wing backs as wingers. So it looked like they were kind of six defenders. So I think he was right wing and, and Dalbert was left wing. But it right, did look okay. a bit more like a three. Watching it, yeah, was, base was back for that, but. Despite the fact that they had kind of more of their regular <coughs> back line back, uh, yeah, they were missing quite a lot of forward thrust through, as you say, a variety of absences. Yeah, it's I mean, also it's also what we touched, I think, on on the podcast last time out was, I think it was you, Phil, that brought it up of, mm. you know, Monaco can afford to not score seven goals a game and just get by on scoring three or four goals a game, whereas Nice didn't have that to fall back on. Nice were winning just games. You know, one or two nil. Yeah, one nil. Yeah, if 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 all of a sudden the goals are drying up, there's 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 no you know there's 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 sort of no um, there's no slack there really. So I think that's what's that's what's materialising yeah. is that very statistic. Mm. Yeah, that, feel, that kind of fine need, fine margins. Yeah. I feel the need to just mention that arguably Mess are the better team and, and mm. Benitez and goal was Nice's man of the match. Along with Fabian, of course. Of course. 
Yeah, I mean, looking at the kind of the, the Marseille games, you said, Jez, they, they actually had a very good defensive record. They had like, I think, uh, the most clean sheets in, in the top five leagues or something like that going into um, into that game. But one thing that I noticed watching it was after, you know, Monaco, the visitors have gone 4-1 up. Uh, Marseille's changes were, I think, Cabela was taken off for Saar, but then Rekic was replaced by Doria. It was just a like-for-like centre-back replacement. Did not appear to be, you know, a a kind of a vim-giving substitution when you've still got half an hour to play. So that did seem a little bit odd. Um, Looking at the the other games that happened over the weekend, obviously we had a a rather chaotic uh, Con 3, Lyon 2, um, which... I think did Congo two nil up, managed to get pegged back at half time, and then scored kind of a late winner. So not making it easy on themselves, but uh, did themselves a lot of good with that one. And then Gangon, who of course is still up and around um, in the top six, managed to lose three one away at Lorient, um, who seemed to have put at least a little bit of uh, chip in their step. So. Overall, um, you know, the, there's a big gap now between th- three and four, but oh well, I've still got that game in hand. And with uh, Olympico coming up, you know, how do we see, uh, how do we evaluate things so f- so far? I think that um, arguably Marseille are in sort of um, better morale, if that's the right word, than, than Lyon at the moment, just because, you know, rightly or wrongly, there is a seems to be a feel-good factor at Marseille as there always is for the first five minutes after they've got a new owner or a new coach. Um, and Lyon, I think even when they sort of went back to, to decent form, they didn't, I mean decent results, the form always seems a bit shaky. It's almost in the, the image of Lacazette who's, you know, got another 15 goals or whatever this season without ever looking that, that good. Um, and the Le- the Caen match they they really did not look fantastic at all. I mean Caen didn't. I, I mean it helps when you've got um, Julian Fer- Ferrer having one of his, his <laughs> top class days. But Lyon did not look good. Cornet looked. Ab- I mean you know there are a couple of moments where he just ended up laughing at what he was trying to do. It was absolutely atrocious. Um, so uh, even. Uh, Obviously, I think it's it's at Lyon, so that that's a big advantage for them. They've still got a great record there, but I think for the first time in a while, Mar- Marseille really can approach the match um, looking like they could get a positive result there. Mm-hmm. I, I think yeah, that, yeah I, I'd go along. I'd go along with that. Um, I think the one thing to counter it is Olas is not going to have liked what's been going on at Marseille. You know, all of a sudden there is this money available. All of a sudden, they're buying players. They bought Sanson, which you know whether whether Leon were were really in the hunt for him or not remains to be seen. But they were heavily linked. Um, he's not going to like that. So he all week, ever since that Khan defeat, since then he will have been instilling in his players in Genesio, do not mess it up on Sunday night. I'm not having the yeah. You know, I'm not being the the president that looks a mug in front of these new boys who've rode into town on the back of Marseille. So uh, I think that, that, that could well play a part. You know, Olas is not going to want to lose that game. Um, and, and, you know, I think we're starting to see, and we'll, we'll come on to transfers later, but we are starting to see, I think, a reaction from from Olas to 
like Marseille in particular, having that money to spend. So I think that's good. That that might also play a part. But yeah, I'll go along that I think Marseille can go into this, although they did come off the back of an absolute thumping. When you actually look at the t- statistics from that Monaco game, that's not a 4-1 defeat set of statistics. Marseille had plenty of chances. Um, yeah, they had a goal wrongfully ruled out for offside. Um, there was arguably, I agree less with it, but arguably a foul into the build-up to, I can't remember which Monaco goal it was. A uh, couple of really, really good Subasic saves. So, I think there's a, they, yeah, 4-1 defeat at home is not going to look good on paper. And yeah, lo and behold, Valadrome fans all of a sudden are back to where we were three or four months ago. But I think there's certainly a lot that they can take in as a positive to this, in addition then to you know the signings and the money now that's being thrown around. So, it, well, it's... I mean, as it's kind of so relevant to particularly the, those two teams we've been talking about, maybe if we just have a look at the transfer situation now, obviously Draxler's come into PSG, already scored, looks happy, lovely. Uh, Sanson, uh, Morgan Sanson's gone from Montpellier to Marseille, so of course I'm bereft at that but it's the ones that haven't yet got over the line but look like uh, they're nailed on as it were is Dimitri Payet uh, back going back to Marseille and Memphis Dubai uh, to Lyon if neither of those has actually been signed yet so what do you think of of those kind of the the big ticket transfers that are being talked about at the moment? Let Rich go first. <laughs> um, well, I, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't agree that either represent a either a value for money, b the right kind of signing that those clubs need. Um, if you look at Pae spending that amount of money on somebody who's at that age, it seems to me with that one, that's a case of they thought they'd go in for a bid as a bit of a morale boosting signing. And all of a sudden now it's blown up in the media to a huge degree in this country. Because lo and behold, a little old league earned club come and try and splash the cash in England. I mean, you know, heaven forbid that that happens. But all of a sudden now Marseille are like, actually, you know what? We're a, we're, we're a bit committed to this transfer now. We've we've ruffled a lot of feathers. Um, you know, there's a lot of people talking about us now. We sort of probably need to follow through on this now and. I think they could find themselves being almost back. I mean, the noise is coming out of Marseille that, you know, we don't have to buy him. But I think there's more pressure on them have to buy him than West Ham have to sell him now. Um, and I think they could find themselves pushing it in a corner where they're going to have to spend, you know, 30, 35 million on a player who, let's be fair, first part of the season was has hardly been startling. He had a pretty decent Euros coming off the back of a very good season. Um, but at thirty, is that is that the signing that you really want to be making? Sonson, great signing. I still don't think he's necessarily the player that they need. Um, but Paye just seems it seems a bit of a a showboat signing. You know, everyone wants to make that marquee signing, but I think they're they're sort of going after the wrong player here. And then Depay, I touched on when I spoke about Leon before. I see that very much as a, an Olas reaction to Marseille having money and spending money and thinking, well, I'm not going to let him have all the, the back pages of <coughs> the papers of you know, Marseille spending 30-odd million on a player. I'm going to go out and make a big sign because where on earth does 15 million come from for 
a player for Marseille. It seems like it's a long time since they spent that kind of money. And, you know, is, is the pie the player that they need? Could they not try and resolve this contract situation with Gazelle instead? Um, it, it To me, it just seems, it, both of them just smack of just trying to show off perhaps that little bit too much and forgetting what's actually needed from the team. Because we saw on uh, on Sunday night, Marseille desperately needs something in defence. Um, you know, I've I've always had my doubts on Roland. I've always had my doubts on Rekic. Doria, who knows what kind of a player he is. I still don't think we've seen enough. Um, they, they need some quality in defence. That's where the money should be going and, and working out you know, let's get rid of, of Lasana DR and let's let's bring in a player. I know they were linked, or I, I tweeted it out earlier in the week, that Johan Kabai was a player. Perfect signing as far as I'm concerned. I reckon they could probably get him 10 million. Great signing. Um, so the, those, those two big name signings for me just, just don't make any sense. I've got little to add to that. I, I pretty much agree with all of that. I think of all the signings... Um, those ones that we've mentioned, I think uh, Morgan Sanson is by far the best, the best signing. Um, I agree, it's not. It's with the caveat that, that Rich said that it's not the the main area where they need to strengthen. But I do think, in you know, injuries permitting, he's a fantastic player. He'll do brilliantly for them. Um, it, I mean, it's weird having said what we said earlier about only conceding one goal all season at home all season, all those clean sheets. But it's true that defence seems to be the area they need to strengthen. And I just think Payet, yeah, he's you know getting on the wrong side of thirty. It's a hell of a lot of money. Um, I know you know his family want to be back in Marseille. He was happy there. The fans love him, but he doesn't. He hasn't always had the the greatest, most loyal reputation. I just think. All things considered, and for that amount of money, it's it's a risk. And a lot of the Marseille fans on Twitter kind of have been saying, you know, it's not so much about the player; it's about the the sort of you know sticking our flag in the ground, saying we're back, we're a big team again, um, which I understand, but it's still it's, I still think it's a strange move. Um, Draxler, yeah, great. He scored a great goal. Everyone knows he's a good player, but he's like so many other PSG players that, um, you know, when he feels like it will play well, when he doesn't, he won't. And by all accounts, he hasn't been playing well for a while now. So, you know, Di Maria started on fire. He even did at Man United, and, and it quickly faded. So, um, remains to be seen with Draxler. Again, I'm not sure that was the the position they needed. And Depay, I'm just mystified by. I mean, I was speaking to Mo and Andrew about it on Twitter today, and I said, you know, if 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 Leon want to sign a Man United reject, then Raphael for two and a half million is perfect. But risking fifteen million for someone who hasn't broken into a run for a couple of years, I just think is is crazy. And you know, everyone knows that he's got the potential. So you know, if they can if they can get him playing his best, it will maybe turn out to be a good move. But I'm just you know, after being burnt with a few expensive players in the past, people like Gurkouf, which are basically the reason why Lyon have been in relative doldrums for the last few years. I just, I think it's crazy. And yeah, Rich is probably right. It's probably just, uh, you know, um, I don't know, my wallet's bigger than yours contest with Marseille, but um, I, just, I, just think it, I think I just, it's a very risky game to play. That just said, with, just he, can't, with, he can't be worse than Cornet was on, on Saturday. <laughs> just with both of those signings, I do think did either of them seriously consider? I'll, I'll, I'll maybe accused of bias here, but 
Paul George and Tech left as left friend now, gone to Wolfsburg. Still not convinced <clears> that was the best place for him. He could have, I think, aimed a little higher, but um, there's still rumours on the exact fee, but it's around the sort of six to eight million mark. And it's like, did either of those clubs think, why not? He's 20, 24. He's, you know, yes, he's coming back from a long-term injury, but he's, he's you know, from what I saw when I've you know, seen Randall Loves a lot this season, he's been, he's been really, really good when he's played. I just think, why, yeah, why not? Especially if I was someone like Leon. They've been linked with him before. If I was someone if like the Leon. the player they won... If what they're looking for is a winger who can also play up front, then yeah, <laughs> um, exactly. Definitely, it, it, I think a, a surer bet and more value for money than Depay. It seems that they have. It just, it just to me, it just <coughs> emphasises that they've just gone after a big name to try and outdo either themselves or the likes of PSG. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, away from the transfer window, which is, of course has still got. Um, uh, nearly two weeks to run, so I'm sure there'll be more faffing around uh, continuing throughout that period. We have had both cup competitions going on as well. Now in the League Cup, the Coupe de la Ligue, uh, we had the quarterfinals, which saw Bordeaux beating Gangon, PSG beating Metz 2-0, with two headers from Thiago Silva from Di Maria corners, which suggests, you know, who needs uh, backup for Cavani if you just retool Thiago Silva and maybe play Kimpembe and Marquinhos as the the back two. I think um, it just proves more and more that Thiago Silva basically is just the defensive equivalent of Brandao. <laughs> <laughs> scoring scoring two against Mets in the Coupe de la Ligue, brilliant. He's found his level. Well, given what PSG did to Bastia in the Coupe de France previously, which was a 7-0 win against a team that looked like they really didn't want to be there, I thought Metz, Metz did very well to kind of shut down various threats, but it was two uh, two headers from corners, towering centre-back, etc. and so on. Rather unfortunate, but it was, you know, reasonably, uh, I think, a pretty good performance from, from your guys. Um in the other ones, we've got Nancy beat Nantes 2-0 away and Monaco needed penalties to see off the last remaining League 2 side, uh, Social. Uh, that ended 1-1 with a fairly late uh, <coughs> equaliser from Giammatino and then they took it on pens uh, 3-4. So the lineup for the semis, which is happening next midweek, is Bordeaux versus PSG and then Monaco versus Nancy on the Wednesday. So of those, looks like it's being set up beautifully for a Monaco PSG final, but do we see um, you know any potential upsets there given fixture pressure? I could well, I could I could make a case for Bordeaux beating PSG. If I'm honest, I know they've got they've got I say history, but I know in in recent times Bordeaux have had a little bit of success at home to PSG. Um, you know, is this something that Gorvenek is targeting in his first season? Maybe. Um, I think yeah. I think if if you're going to see a surprise in either of those fixtures, um, I, I would make a much stronger case. I think for for Bordeaux beating PSG. Jez, how about you? What would your double bet on this be? Um, 
I mean, bet-wise, it's got to be, I suppose, PSG v Monaco, but I agree Bordeaux, on their day, can play very good football, and if, it's a big if, if they can get a big crowd into the stadium and behind the team, um, <coughs> you know, it's it's clearly the least of PSG's um, priorities of the four or five, whatever it is, competitions that they're in. So they may well rest players. Um, so, I, you know, I think Bordeaux really should... Go all out, have some, go out, go out there with, with some belief, and I think that they could spring a surprise. Um, the other match, Nancy as well, have been in decent form, and Monaco will probably rest players as well. If it was at Nancy, I would say that would be my my bet for a surprise. But uh, I still think Monaco should be able to get through. Yeah, <laughs> that might okay. just be very wishful thinking as well. <laughs> well, I mean, they've they've been. Nancy have been, you know, very much pulling themselves uh, together and look like they're um, finding quite a nice rhythm as well. So in the other cup competition, the Coupe de France, obviously we had, uh, as I mentioned, PSG put seven <coughs> past Bastia. Lyon put five past Montpellier, but uh, breaking with tradition, Montpellier didn't manage to score. And Rich, you were worried about Rennes facing no, uh, was a, a, a lower-tier team. I can't remember Saying that, that <laughs> the game against Biarritz could ooh, could be tricky, and you won 6-0, so well done there. Um, we did have a couple of upsets. Uh, CFA Dursaide Saragamin uh, beat Rouse from League 2 uh, 2-1, and they're going to be playing Newt, another League 2 side who also don't look particularly good, so uh, we could have a fifth tier. Uh, that's a fifth tier representative through. Also, um, one of the lowest teams left in it, Sixth Division Poiré sur Vie, put uh, three past Vivi Chatillon from the fourth tier. Um, and we've just had news one of the rearranged games that uh, another CFA Deux side, so fifth tier side Fleury Mergis, beat Brest from League Two 2 0. So there's a couple of uh, minnows left in it and the draw has actually been kind of kind just looks at this now we've got one all national matchup which is Kavi who of course were finalists a couple of years ago versus Consulat Marseille and we've got an all CFA de so all fifth tier matchup which is Fredus Saint-Raphael versus Prix Le Mesier and a couple of those other um, lower teams Saugamin playing Niort and Avranche of National will be playing Fleury so that's another one where we're going to get a, a lower league team uh, through so there is another Olympico is OM welcome OL um, but there's a couple of other really interesting looking fixtures in there and the prospects for getting some lower league teams through uh, further into the competition what are you looking out for um, in the next round? Uh, I'm looking out for after um, our captain Roman Donza did the you know incredibly nice, very kind thing of going into the Biarritz dressing room after we we put six past them, saying to the the Biarritz, Biarritz team, look, if we get to the final of the Coupe de France, you're our guest. We want you there. And then the draw came, and we were drawn against PSG, and it's <laughs> like ah, yeah, that probably yeah, it's not going to happen. I'm afraid, guys. Can we just give you some Ren? Like hats and scarves, maybe as a little present instead. Um, I think I think you were at least second half excellent against them at the weekend, and they were a bit lucky to to come away with a win. I think. So if you can if you can keep that up, up or match, I think you've got a reasonable chance. 
Yeah, there's a two-letter word in that sentence that was quite key there, I think. The, uh, <laughs> the if word. We shall, we shall see. Uh, uh, you know, Ren and the Coupe de France do not go hand-in-hand hand very well, so I won't be holding my breath. You get to finals, you just don't win them. <laughs> the name Cavi still sends a shiver down my spine. <laughs> Yes. Well, they're still in it, at least. I mean, uh, Metz uh, knocked out by Lens and Montpellier <coughs> had the, the, the thing with Lyon. So we're, we're, we're now sitting neutrally on the sidelines. I'm going to be cheering for Sargamin, I think. Um, so that's coming up at the end of the month over the Tuesday the 31st and Wednesday the 1st. There's, so, a, there's, a, there's some decent matchups and there's five all league matchups. So... Mm-hmm. I mean, as well as them being of interest anyway, obviously it means that, you know, um, a quarter of, of the league would have already been knocked out. So any of the lower league teams staying um, staying in the competition will, you know, be, be confident of maybe going a little bit further, especially if, like tonight you've got Fleury beating the league, league de leaders. And then there's couple, a couple of just interesting ones. Monaco visiting Chambly and um, Auxerre yeah. Saint-Etienne, the two sort of fallen giants. I don't know if Satetian fans will appreciate the fallen, but that could be an interesting one. Did you see the bit, just just with with, with Satetian going to Auxerre, I, I saw a bit today, they've obviously they've got Chinese owners now, Chinese investment, and I saw that they're looking at taking Papan on as a coach, and the, yeah. the rumoured rumored salary is going to be a million euros <laughs> for a club which I believe they're still in the bottom three of Ligue 2. They're going to be paying Papan a million euros, which, thanks to Lekeep releasing those salaries the other month, means only nine league managers will be earning more than him. He's also he doesn't exactly have a great pedigree as a coach either. It's, and I think uh, it was it was meant to be announced on Monday and then was postponed. It's all very very weird. Well, I'd imagine Papan's probably picking himself off the floor. Like, you won't pay me how much? <laughs> Yeah, the second okay. bottom, very strange. Okay, so we've got uh, managerial moves as well as player transfers to keep an eye on for the for the rest of the month as well. But um, moving on then to kind of the final bit of the show, looking forward to next weekend's games. Just a quick nod to uh, Nantes v. Caen, which was a fog affected, or was that rain? It was that fog, was fog wasn't yeah. it, that, that, that called that off. They're playing at the moment, their game in hand. It's currently nil-nil after about 50 minutes, so we'll see how see how that pans out and where if that can shift them a bit up the table. They're 14th and 15th at the moment, so somebody has a chance actually to... Are they? I'm looking at the wrong column. Um, kind of get further up towards uh, mid-table with a win there. So looking forward to the games coming up, we open with a potentially tricky Bastia hosting Nice. If Nice aren't in fabulous form, Bastia, who have been pretty terrible, but, you know, have the home fortress thing going on, you know, that's going to need to be a bounce back from Nice, and that's a nasty place to go if you need a bounce back. Uh, Followed by not uh welcome PSG and then the rest of the top four we've got Monaco play Lorient on Sunday which looks 
fairly predictable. And then we've got the Olympico as the big match Sunday night. So looking at the games we've got coming up, do we see anything um, you know, that could happen there that could have an impact on, on the title race? I think I think Nice could struggle depending on what team they put out. Um, it's the kind of place where you, know, you want someone sort of rugged and experienced like like um, Paul Base to to kind of maybe settle some of the younger players. Um, so Bastia could make it very intimidating, and you know it's great as players like Saar and you know Suke coming in have been. Um, it, they could find that quite hard, so I wouldn't be surprised if Bastia get at least a draw from that match. Mind you, I've just checked the domicile table, and Bastia are in roughly the same position they are overall. Normally, they're way up uh, in the top half, at least for home results, but uh, they haven't actually been great at home this season, so you've got to hope, um, you know, wonder how that's going to pan out. Maybe having, I don't know if Balotelli and Belhanda will still be unavailable, but it given. I think that Belhanda is injured, be... and I'm not sure Balotelli playing at Bastia would be a good idea. Well, that's what I was about to say that that possibly it would actually be a blessing if if possibly those two weren't available, given that they do perhaps react badly to provocation yeah. at times, and Bastia do provocation. So, um, Rich, what are you seeing as some key matches maybe for the for the weekend? Well, there's the Celtico, of course. Gangon v Ren. Um, with Gangon going, you know, last weekend, a bit of a setback. Um, I think many saw uh, a loss to Lorient on the cards, but I think that could be a good game. Ren need to bounce. Ren need to bounce back from obviously their narrow defeat to PSG and a poor end to the the first half of the season. Um, so, non, you know, trying to put my bias to one side, but. I think that that could be a good game. Um, it, it's it's really all eyes, isn't it, on the Olympico? Um, you know, we we've touched on it earlier in the pod. Um, I'm looking forward to that being a really good game. Actually, I think it'd be quite open. Uh, I think it could be quite high scoring. Uh, I think we're probably going to see one or two penalties. Um, just you know, not, not 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 that I'm accusing anybody of anything, but I'd imagine we'll see a few penalties. I imagine we'll see. Um, quite a bit of card action for the referee, I'd have thought, because I think it could get quite uh, quite tasty <coughs> at times. So I think that that's going to probably be the game of the weekend. And, yeah, very much looking forward to seeing that. I think that um, on, on uh, Monaco-Lorient, I think Lorient have won their last two matches at Monaco, but I cannot see that happening again. <laughs> um, and um, at the other end of the table, I think... There's a small matter of mess against Pompelio, which I think is a pretty yeah. big match. Um, I mean, if it's still so close there that despite everything, if mess can get a couple of decent results, they could go up the table a little. But they they need to. They don't actually have a great record against the teams. Well, they don't have a great record against anyone, but that um, they're not doing as as well as they should against the teams at the bottom or near the bottom. Um, their last two matches, after a pathetic performance against Lens, they have been better against PSG and Nice, without scoring and sort of losing one and only getting a point in the other. But at least they're looking a little happier than a couple of weeks ago, and I, I think this is a huge match, um, possibly uh, for both teams. And you know, we, and yeah. as well as Sanson going, Montpellier having another great week with 
the sort of public row between Nicolas and Hans. So it could be a very, very moribund, probably awful, awful match with both teams too scared to do anything. Yes, but... and of possibly a pretty depressing atmosphere as well, because while you'd expect the fans possibly not to be particularly happy that Lulu's kept talking, um, it's freezing here at the minute. So uh, well, I think the, ma- the match is at Metz. It is at, it's at Metz, right. Where now it's I've both freezing next... and one stand closed. And the rest of the right. stand is not very happy with anyone or anything. Yeah, no, so that that looks like it could be an absolute doozy. It's on at the multiplex, though, so you don't have to watch it. Um, <laughs> I think there's also... just, just one, one other match, I think, just just non-VPSG. I think non pains me to say it could cause PSG some problems. They've been um, pretty good in the league since Conceição came in. Surprisingly, I didn't expect that. Um, I'm just... I'm... Surely his and Casoni's honeymoon periods have got to be over any minute now. I don't, well, I don't. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. You know, I don't. I don't want to go on record saying I want a certain team that play in yellow to win a game. But if they were a game against PSG, would probably go down quite nicely. Um, but yeah, no, I, I genuinely could see could see non, especially you know they always get a decent crowd at the uh, Beaujolais. So. Um, I think uh, I think that could be a game just to keep an eye out on, just to see how PSG cope with a sort of rugged, in-your-face, non-side. Well, that uh, rugged, in-your-face, non-side is currently still drawing nil-nil at home to Caen after an hour in uh, the postponed game. So Forget we'll everything I just said. PSG are going to crash them. <laughs> Wait and see how that one pans out. But so we've got uh, a wide range of matches, obviously, this weekend. Then the... Coupe de la Ligue semis uh, midweek after, which will be bringing you uh, previews and reviews and all scores from as well. So thank you very much for listening and we'll speak to you again very soon. Goodbye.